tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Yeah! Welcome to another AfterBuzz recap of Limitless. This episode was Side Effects. I'm your host, JB Zimmerman. You can follow me on social media at JB underscore Zimmerman. Be sure to always use the tweet and hashtag ABTV Limitless. Frank, how are you? I'm great. JB, good to be back. We're missing our girls this week. We are. We Amanda, are. Amanda, Emily, so... Totally. It's what a- up to the girls out there? So sorry to miss you, but I am Frank Majorana. You can find me on Twitter at Let's Go Frank M. What an awesome episode. I know. This was. It's too bad, like you said, the, the girls are gone because yeah. this is probably my favorite episode. Yeah. We got Bradley Cooper. We got like really into the, the core story. There wasn't really a procedural element as much or even at all. I mean, there are elements of other characters, but everything was so centralized in Brian and, yeah. you know, Eddie Mora and Rebecca. I mean, even Nas, we got some, some light into her. Yeah. Yeah, and like Josh was saying last week, by the way, we want to shout out Josh Butler for coming onto the show last week, and had, we had an awesome interview Seriously, with him. Seriously, so cool to have yeah, him. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Josh. But uh, like he was saying last week, a lot of the show has a you know a case of the week element, and then the serialized elements too. But this week we got all the juicy parts. We got a lot of Rebecca's dad storyline, which I have been talking about for weeks. That I, know, I wanted yeah, to I see more of. You're welcome. Yes, yeah, so thank welcome. you for that, JB. And then we got to see Bradley Cooper return as Edward Mora, and he's so good. I mean, that scene between him and Brian on the rooftop just. Um, we had a really good social media interaction already. Uh, Vern at Vern's View said, "Come on, is Eddie good or not?" And after this episode, I'm still left guessing. And I think right. that's what's so great about this show and the intentions that Eddie Mora has is he goes, you know, you can only see the dark side of us, but here's this, you know, uh, piece of rice that can solve world hunger. Exactly. I mean, I think a lot of fans were left guessing. I definitely was. You know, people have been commenting, is Senator Mora good or bad? He's kind of, you know, playing people. Obviously, Sands works for him. He doesn't seem like a great guy. So, you know, what are his motives? Like, what is behind the curtain? You know, what is Oz doing? And it was great to see that a little bit. And it's great to see that it was, I mean, it seemed like it was for the greater good. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I, obviously the best scene for me was when Bradley Cooper was involved and he kind of revealed what's going on. Um, spoiler alert if you haven't seen <laughs> the episode. Please pause this and watch it because it's A, awesome. And B, we get to learn a lot. Yeah. Um, it was all a test. Right. It was all a test and... Or so he says. So he says. And while we were watching the show, JB and I paused it after the first segment and said, yes, this is (laughs) what we've been waiting for. And 
Um, we knew just right away when we jumped in with the episode that it was going to deal with Brian's side effects that he was having and then primarily with Rebecca's dad's case because we pick up literally moments after the end of the last episode um, talking about Rebecca's dad and Rebecca's talking with Ryan about how he got these files and she really goes against protocol there and she did so throughout the episode. Um, exactly. I mean, I love how they were obviously foreshadowing what Brian was going to do, but right. they didn't even leave it for questions. Yeah. They kind of jumped right in. Uh, we hit the ground running. Brian was explaining everything to Rebecca, which is great. I love that, you know, there is so much to this show that they don't need to string us along for two, like, you know, so many episodes. Um, it's great that they can just jump in and get into what we're looking for, which is ex- answers. Right. And it wasn't this big winding conspiracy story case of the week. We were dealing primarily with one or two plot lines, and that's, you know, Rebecca's dad and Eddie Mora's involvement. We did have some Nas and Rebecca back right. and forth, like you just said a minute ago, which warmed me up to Nas this week. I know. that I felt awkward. Like, yeah, oh, was, is she actually a good character? Yeah. Like, I mean, she plays it very well because I hated her before and I right. was like first to point fingers at who is like secretly the enemy. Right. But, you know, after everything she said to Rebecca at the end, I was like, oh, well, she's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. We got a peek into what her true motivations were, which were very smart and a surprise to me right. that all along, Nas has known that Rebecca's dad was being uh, followed by the FBI and that she found her and recruited her and has built her up and tried to get her to a point where she could have that top secret access to f- see her dad's file and truly investigate NZT and staying on, as Nas said, staying ahead of the game. Right. Yeah, no, I honestly just felt kind of bad for her. I was like, oh, you're yeah. just trying, you just see her as like a younger version of you. Exactly, like, yeah. That's adorable. Everybody wants that. Um, you want your boss yeah. to like see you as the one, you know, you're the next me. It's like, okay, great. That's, that's wonderful that you feel that about me. Right. So, um, I mean, yeah. she's still a little cold. She could have done, be. done it a little bit more warmly, I think, so we would have, uh, liked her from the beginning a little bit more but you know it was it was a pleasant surprise to see that she um seems to be sort of good underneath yeah she is good underneath and had a a a true um goal for rebecca that was outside of herself nas is is looking out for the best interests of rebecca not only for her career, but for her personal questions that she has left over. She probably sympathizes with the fact that her dad has died. And there's a lot of questions left over that Rebecca has, which she is doggedly pursuing throughout this episode to her detriment mm-hmm. in in some ways, career-wise, because she cancels her meeting with the FBI director. Uh, yeah, All in move. search of these bold answers. Move. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that's obviously an extreme thing to do when, yeah. <laughs> given the first opportunity to yeah. meet, like, the head honcho of the entire organization, especially when that organization is the FBI. Right, but I sympathize with her. Right. If you didn't know what happened to your dad and you've got this chance to go and meet with Epperly. No, and, and I, what... I completely agree. I mean, I think that that is the only thing driving her, which was a great thing to see Nas pick up on. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, I love that she figured it out and it wasn't like, oh, you know, we trapped you and we knew that, you know, it wasn't like that kind of an easy writing way out of it. Right. It was 
to give Nas more more credibility. She figured that out on her own. She's like, oh, well, obviously you would have found out, and that's probably what you know has been driving you. Like she can sympathize with that much in a similar way that Rebecca sort of you know reverse engineered a lot of other situations, right. like how she's able to use real logic right. and it gave her again the credibility where it's like you know we're not on NZT we're just smart people right. and that gives us the legitimacy to be in these roles yeah I love what you just said about the writing of this episode and how that meeting between the two was not it didn't feel forced at all. Right. It felt very real. This whole episode was really well written. Uh, there was nothing about the dialogue that made me cringe or that rang false. I really liked the way that that scene was handled. And, and like you said, it was well written. And um, this episode just elevated the whole show for right. me overall. Yeah, it was it was really exciting uh, to follow along. I. I was waiting for you to fast forward through the commercials so that we could get to the next segment and find out what happened. Was- yeah, no, exa- I, it was so fun. I mean, even uh, all the big story elements were right there. Right. Even this, like, if you can even call them side elements, the red versus blue team was interesting. Right. Like, I mean, <laughs> I think one of the characters said it in the show, like, I do not want to cross you, Rebecca, <laughs> at all. Right. Like, she would be a perfect supervillain. The, the plans that she was coming up with, I was like, oh, wow, that is a good idea. Like, super diabolical. Yeah. Um, Out-of-the-box thinking, obviously. And a credit to, again, the writers that come up with these mastermind plans it's great to see that creativity where it's not just used in a phony way to like you know again make it bigger than it is and and have brian just like quickly solve it like some you know smart way like oh i saw the answer boom like that's how i tumble your entire empire there was an absence of that in this episode the the sort of cutesy way that they solve problems right Uh, there was some neat visual elements when Brian was in the conference room and he's talking to himself and there's little blue text that rises up out of the conference phone. Yes. Uh, I thought that was cool. I've been on some conference calls before and you know to have that push up out of the phone would be really entertaining and probably a lot more entertaining than what's happening on the call. <laughs> yeah. um, but they still incorporated elements of the show and what make it unique but focused on the most powerful elements that we have. Um, with the storyline and all the interactions between Brian, the scenes between Brian and Rebecca were high stakes. There was a lot on the line because don't forget the other aspect of this is that Sands comes along at the beginning of the episode and says, you know, these side effects are about to become really severe and we want you to frame Rebecca and put her in jail so that she's out of the way. Exactly. He basically gives him the ultimate ultimatum yeah. and it's like you have to choose between your own life and Rebecca's. Like yeah. do you want to sabotage her or are you just going to let yourself die because you that is happening. Yeah. Like you experience that. Obviously he's feeling physical pain, but he starts to hallucinate. It gets, you know, he starts at headaches and then becomes like so intense where he's seeing like Cockroaches yeah. inside of that people, was and, creepy. Then, and then uh, yeah, I mean, it gets to a point where he's on the street; he can't even move. Right, and this was true in the movie too, when right. Bradley Cooper was off the pill. Now the show has introduced this idea of the shot that you need to take to uh, minimize the side effects for thirty days. So this is a, an interesting original concept to the show that you have to get this shot every once in a while and when you don't and you're near the end of the potency of that shot you 
almost you you near death. When right. that happens. So, and yeah, you're right. On the city, um, the time displacement that they were talking about, that the doctor, uh, the FBI doctor was talking about throughout the episode, uh, I also felt that this was a really uh, appropriate episode given that Halloween is this weekend. Yes, it has some nice freaky elements yeah, to really it. Yeah, really creepy. I mean, even the flashbacks to the security tapes of the NZT trial. That, that's exactly what like I'm talking about. Yeah. A very dark, like horror. Yeah. Um, Setting and 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 yeah, it's perfectly timed. Yeah, that that guy with his he pulled his tooth out and is just showing it to the camera. I thought that was that gave yeah, me the super creepy man. and, and the yeah. like, I mean it was so haunting. Right, all of that imagery, even though it was quick cuts and we didn't really get a full story, you could get what was happening. You know, people banging their heads against the wall, like like the creepiest little clips. <laughs> yeah. that, Someone's like scratching their arm right. really bad. That oh that all of it was great though. Yeah, because like you said, it was quick cut. So at the same time that Brian's mind is getting really frazzled, the editing mirrored that. While that scene was going on, and as his symptoms got worse, the flashbacks and the quick cutting became more and more severe. Exactly. Such good points. I agree with you 100%. I mean, throughout his whole withdrawal uh, episode, he, you know, the show really gets so visual, and that's what I love about it. It's not just like, you know, we see him tumble and fall and like throw up. You know, we really experience that as a viewer, and I feel like that takes it to the next level. Like, it's not just watching him in agony you know acting <laughs> it's that plus yeah. we're along for the ride like right. it, it is so much more visceral that way where we see like what he's seeing we were like yeah. uh, you know there were times even uh where i was like oh god that's like super messed up and it, it gave me you when? know an extra reaction i mean when he was hallucinating for the first time when we saw the uh the cockroach like inside yeah. of, like you know growing through the skin <laughs> yeah. i was like whoa yeah that was creepy. Um, that was definitely intense. And and even, you know, all the colors when they got super blown out and, and started um, kind of exploding out of their origins, mm-hmm. I, like, it made me uneasy because I couldn't really see. And, and it, like, you know, gave me the same experience I assume he's having, which is, like, sort of, like, trying to crawl through yeah. this world that he's uh, seeing right now. It, it almost reminded me of... When you're in uh, health class and you're being taught about being drunk and you put these goggles on right. and it makes you feel really like disoriented, I felt watching that that we were kind of looking through that lens um, with what's exactly. going on from his eyes out, which is so distorted and really makes the viewer feel unbalanced. The camera got shaky. They went to handheld uh, a lot right. during the, uh, the the time when Brian is really experiencing the severe symptoms so that adds to the you know to the viewer experiencing the same thing as Brian is right i mean when his first like you know big symptoms hit him after he meets at at Ubiant, yeah and you know for a second or a split second really he sees you know the the female character he had um, in the in the boardroom, yeah. and you know we. Uh, I remember let's shout turning, her out. Yeah. yeah, let's shout her out real quick. That's Jessica Hecht, yes, uh, who great was acting on Breaking Bad as um, Gretchen, Gretchen, yes, as Walt's former lover, and um, you know at the end, yeah, the, she, the woman she gets who high put, up in in companies. Yeah, yeah she does. She marries uh, Elliot, but and then she was also in Sideways too. She played. Paul Giamatti's ex-wife in uh, another heartbreaking scene between the two. So yeah, great actress. I mean, yeah, she, actress, w- yeah. she was um, only a brief presence, but a memorable one. Absolutely. Um, again, that where she just looks at Brian 
honestly, for a split second, like, it, you know, it gives, this show gives the viewers so much that sense of being on NCT. Like, I feel smart, like, being, oh, <laughs> totally, like, we both got that, and yeah. that's definitely going to play in, you know, come back. Like, let's remember that. Yeah. It's a it's a fun experience to watch this show because it's not just like, okay, here's the case and, like, right. it's going to be that guy who clearly looks guilty. It's, you know, it's a process watching it. Right. You know, it's not just beginning and end. It's it's like a roller coaster ride. Yeah, and if you're smart enough to pay attention to the small things, like you were just saying, JB, if you could pick out the look on... Um, on uh, Jessica Hecht's face, you could see a kindness and a caring and something behind her her motivations and what she was doing sitting there that led us to believe that she's just not going to be in this one scene in the boardroom. I, I, we're kind of cheating because we know her as a really good actress, right. so she wouldn't just sign up to sit in a boardroom for a day. Uh, you know, She's got to have some lines and have a scene to you know, truly be a part of the episode. But... Um, when she meets with Brian and tells him about Epperly still being alive, uh, there's a, a heaviness and a truth to the way that she played the scene that adds a real gravity to the whole situation. Um, so I really liked her performance in this episode. And hopefully we keep getting quality actors to come in and do guest spots because uh, the show is blowing up. There's 11, 12 million viewers last week. I know, yeah, it's it's been a great success, and I think yeah. it's for everything we talked about. You yeah. know, I really enjoy watching the show. It's it's again, you know, one that you can't really look away. I mean, it's there's so much going on, and there's a lot of treats that you can notice that reward you for paying attention. You know, when yeah. we talk about you know the difference between TV and movies being um, a glance experience versus like a more engrossed, you know, sit down for two hours, right. and this is. A lot more close to movies, I would say. I mean, obviously, it's a spinoff of the movie Limitless, (laughs) so there is that. But, you know, in a serial episodic way, you know, I feel like I'm watching mini movies. I don't want to look away. And like you, I'm I'm ready to fast forward through those commercials as soon as possible. Yeah, this episode specifically was one that I wanted to keep going. And when it ended with Sands blowing up Epperly's house... I was just like, oh my gosh, God. what a what a great cliffhanger! I feel bad for Epperly, Epperly that he got blown up. I know, but it's, it's a shame. Well, he talked. It again, he talked a little bit too quickly, though. I mean, we can talk about what do you mean? Uh, uh, we didn't see everything that you know was Rebecca confronting um, A.E. or Daniel Kennedy, mm-hmm. as his alias is now, mm-hmm. right? But you know, it, it did seem like he was, you know giving a lot of information without a lot of restraint. Right. And so I don't know much about his backstory. Obviously, he faked his own death, um, and there's some cloak and dagger mystery behind that. But, you know, upon being found, it seemed like he was ready to kind of sell the farm. Yeah, obviously, Brian wasn't in his right mind when he gave Rebecca the address. Right. Because I think if he was on NZT or even just normal Brian and thought it through... He must know that Mora's people are following Rebecca if they've specifically called her out by name right. earlier in the episode, maybe a day or a few hours before. He's got to know at that point that they are following her. And Sands and was obviously there and found a person that they were looking for. So you're right. Epperly, or whatever his alias was, you know, uh, became Daniel Kennedy. Daniel Kennedy. 
was very forthcoming and unconcerned at all. And you would think somebody who had gone through faking their own death and right. changing their name yeah, would be a little run, bit more like cautious. Yeah, exactly. now, now, the flip side of that, the counter-argument is, well, this is the daughter of one of my patients that died. True. So on that end, I can understand his motivation. But I wanted him to at least check her for a wire right. or some sort of listening device or just have him be a little bit more squirrely about the whole um, uh, enterprise that was true, chasing true. him. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I'm to agree with you there. I think it, yeah. we, it is an hour that we have, um, <laughs> yeah. so I can yeah. assume that based off of Rebecca's abilities, that she was able to kind of convince him that she's legit and, and everything right. would be okay. Right. Um, having said that, a, a little <laughs> taste of it, just so we knew that you know he's not. Ready to go, yeah. um, completely, and just confess to everything. <laughs> but um, it doesn't matter because he's been taken care of. Sands definitely crossed that off the list. Yeah. Speaking, this, yeah, yeah I, I just wanted to talk about Sands for yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, where do you think he is on the spectrum? Because we got a lot more from Bradley Cooper's character Eddie Mora about kind of how he's in um in terms of the hierarchy of yeah. the plan which is to say not as high as i thought i mean I, I thought he would be more in the know about sort of the master plans of what eddie moore is doing okay. or trying to do yeah and it was interesting to see that you know he might just be a muscle guy yeah he could be a muscle guy and this was the first time where we saw him at the end of the episode take a really bad negative violent role in everything. It was the first time just you know we've seen him at bars, we've seen him at Brian's apartment. He he's got a great killer accent. He's a tough guy, but he's normally sitting there drinking and throwing out his threats right. at Brian. So this was the first time where we saw him in a cold assassin type role. So it really changed my perspective and like Vern was saying and that I quoted him earlier uh, in our show here. It's it's tough to know if Eddie Mora is a good guy or a bad guy or if his organization is meant for good and, and for solving uh, world hunger right. or eliminating any resistance. I, I don't quite understand, and I'll throw a question back at you. Sure. You know, what's the value in eliminating somebody like Epperly? Uh, well, to me, uh, taking that off is just a liability. Yeah. Obviously, Rebecca was the liability that we were taught like that all the characters were talking about yeah. in this episode um it appears that that's not the complete case because Eddie Moore is clearly not threatened by right. her <laughs> um but you know you know they don't want to take chances if he is involved in in the whole NZT game um and he is spilling these the beans so to speak okay. my Initial instinct is that he would give bad publicity to NZT. And like Bradley Cooper said with the rice, you know, if society isn't ready to accept change or to move on to the next level, no amount of science is going to make that happen. Yeah. You know, which is a really great point that I didn't even think about. It's not just, you know, we have the ability to do certain things. It's are we ready to take that on? There's a responsibility in that knowledge. Yeah. 
It's a great point, and it's true in in life now when new products come out and and new things happen. There's a lot of lobbying. There's a lot of government um, scrutiny that goes into new products, new drugs, specifically with regards to the show, any pharmaceuticals. So he makes a great point, and that scene for me was so good because it left me conflicted about the true motivations of Senator Mora. He, on the one hand, you have um, the the goodness of Bradley Cooper, and we want to trust him. He's a good guy, and we saw the movie where he ultimately uh, came out on top and was going to do some very good things for the world. But on the flip side, you have exactly what Brian was saying to him. You threaten my family, you threaten my friends, and now at the end of the episode, we see his henchman went and blew a guy up. Right. So we're left as viewers not knowing... What to believe about Eddie Moore just yet? What are the what are the plans that he's talking about? Because he tells Brian during that scene he wants a man of character. Well, are you a man of character, Eddie Moore? Having this guy, this this Sands enforcer, going around killing people? Um, I understand. I, I think I understand what his argument would be, which is that, like you were saying, he's a liability. Right. If he got out in the papers, he could screw everything up before they've had a chance to really make change in the world. But I still don't know. Exactly. I mean, I feel like you have to get to the core motivations. And yeah. it's not always going to be black and white. Um, just like life. I, I, I don't <laughs> think that anyone in a power position, you know, can see things like that where it's just like, you know, the best and worst options are, right. you know, yes and no. Right. You know, everything is going to affect other people badly. It's kind of like you know judging the least bad option yeah. um, a lot of times, and, and it's a tough call. And, and I think this show really makes a great point about that. It's not just you know let's save the world in a day. Like <laughs> right. even the smartest person alive can't do that. It can't just like have everybody survive, and it's all great for. First of all, we sing Kumbaya and like, you know, in a circle around the world, you know, bad things need to happen to make greater good things happen. And I I really am interested to see, you know, more basically. You would be perfect on Eddie Morris' team with that mindset. No, totally. Bad things need to happen. You're going to have Mr. Sands and Mr. Zimmerman. Uh, on the team for Eddie Mora, so totally, no, <laughs> I, I, I love how it was explained because it wasn't just you know it gave a lot of weight to Brian's character and it gave it really raised the bar at you know what the stakes are. It's not just you know I have a guy for this and I can tell you to do X. Right. You know there it is. There's so many different layers. Like he has Sans and he keeps him you know out at arm's length mm-hmm. uh, to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And he had to do bad things to Brian. Like again, there may have been a safety net that we don't know. Like how sure. how far it was, but. From what he's saying is that it was to like make sure that he's someone he can depend on, yeah. that he can give him things of higher importance and know that it's really going to be taken seriously. Yeah, and I really like that scene between them, them two more than the initial scene that we saw in the pilot, which they have been replaying at the beginning of every, every episode. You can have as much NGZT as you want. You know, Bradley Cooper going in his low, whispery voice. But in this one, he's just relaxed and... 
he can handle any criticism that's coming his way from Brian easily. Yeah, a lot more approachable, much more of like an even playing field between the two characters. They could talk as almost colleagues or associates. Yeah. Um, You know, before it was much more a position of power, like Senator Mora being like, I am telling you what's up. Establishing their relationship, yeah. Um, So it was a great dynamic mm-hmm. um and uh, props to Bradley Cooper again yeah. clearly um Oscar nominated actor right there obviously he's great and during the scene he gave Brian 5 NZT pills now so far in the show Brian's only been able to get NZT yeah, one when the FBI from gives the FBI. it to him and remember a couple episodes ago we were talking about this Brian really wanted an NZT pill when he was going out with his ex-girlfriend um which we found out by the way uh, that actress is his real life girlfriend. Yeah, so I didn't know that. That was that's a really cool. Piece yeah, of no, really out. cool about the show is yeah. that they do incorporate people that they have a chemistry with. Yeah, because you know they want it to be genuine. Desmond I, I feel like, and Re- Rebecca. Right. Yeah. Same thing. So, um, just getting back on the NZT thing, the five NZT pills. Now we have a question with what Brian's going to do with it because now he has this access to five pills I doubt he's going to waste it on a date uh, I, I hope he doesn't not. I hope he doesn't I hope he has bigger plans in store for that but what do you what do you think he's going to do with us who I mean I, I'm very glad that he got that little secret stash and, yeah. and popped it in his little record cases. Right. Um, because, yeah, I was I was thinking, you know, wouldn't you want to have it on your own terms? And, and mm-hmm. I think we talked about this. I would probably have pocketed <laughs> maybe a pill or two if, yeah. if the day's agenda didn't seem too harsh <laughs> at the FBI. Um, but, you know, I, I what I think Brian is going to do, good question. Um... I think he's really going to figure out how to help Rebecca. Okay. That's his closest relationship. Yeah. We've seen that. I mean, other than his family and making sure that his dad and family are completely safe, you know, protected. I feel like he's much more comfortable with Bradley Cooper's character. Maybe they have more back and forth and he won't yeah. have to worry about the threats now that he's, quote unquote, passed the test. But I, I think he really wants to help Rebecca. He wants to see that through more than just, you know, let's solve another case on the FBI's list. Right, and that's a great, great point that you bring up about his selflessness. You talked about that, I think, in the first episode, right. something that you pointed out, which is really smart about this character. He rarely does things for himself, and especially when he's on the pill. Right. He, and Yeah, the ultimate example is yeah. obviously this episode with choosing to basically die right. instead of yeah. throwing Rebecca under the bus, yeah. which is the ultimate test from Bradley, Bradley Cooper, like making sure that, you know, he does have the will to help people, like above him himself when yeah. it's actually on the line. Like, yeah, he's driving himself down to the bare level of existence. Yeah, he basically hit rock bottom, I think. Yeah, and she want, Rebecca wants to come and take him to the hospital, take care of him, and he knows that if he goes to the hospital, then the FBI will find out that he experiences side effects, which is something that they do not know at this right. point, that he is not immune, that he the only reason he can stay on this pill is because he gets that shot from Eddie Moore's team. Totally. Speaking, so. speaking of which, I'm yeah. going to pose a question to you. Sure. Um, because we, you know, we, we are talking a, a lot about um, the morals of yeah. Eddie Moore's character and, yeah. and how that plays out. Would you do the same thing? Would you test 
Brian to that extreme, obviously, to the point of him almost dying. But, it, you know, that is a vetting technique. Would yeah. you be I, that extreme? I think it's a great idea to bring someone to the edge and see how they act. You You really get the truest sense of a person when things start to go wrong. Everybody... When you're up and things are good, uh, you know, you could be the nicest person in the world. But what happens when something doesn't go your way? What happens when, you know, you're having a rough week or you're in a slump? Then you see the true person. So I totally understand the motivation behind it. His technique is pretty extreme, bringing him near physical, you know, tons of physical pain and near death. But I do understand the idea behind it because you see the truest sense of a person when they are at their lowest. Exactly. Well, no, I, I completely agree. Obviously, yeah. it's a very cruel way to prove something. Yes. But at the same time, <laughs> you know, how, like, is there even another way to do that? Like, no. other than taking them at their word? Yeah, that's a because, good question. Because, you know, you don't really know how far a person will, will go until they're tested. I, th- I think, too, though, that Eddie Moore has a lot of power in the mystery that surrounds him. He reveals very little to Brian unless he absolutely has to. If he feels like he's losing Brian, um, he'll give him a compliment and, and said so. I need to make sure you're a man of character, uh, he, write, he writes down. It takes leaders who are willing to chip away at the obstacles. And um, Eddie Mora thinks that he is that type of person and sees something in Brian that could be the same. So he's building him up after totally breaking him down. Uh, it's uh, It reminds me of, we were talking about Jason Bourne a little while ago. In the Bourne movies, they break down the operatives to their absolute basic and then build them back right. up as assassins. So in a way, in a, in a roundabout way, it's kind of the same thing. That's no, exactly. I, I love the references because they're, they're not like, it's not done in a distasteful way where it's yeah. like, oh, they totally like ripped this off. Right. It's it's always an homage. It's like mm-hmm. you know playing tribute. Um, obviously, we saw on the coming up next. There's a Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, last episode, <laughs> we talked a lot about Entourage and all the different right. uh, references there. You know, it's really cool to see them take on popular culture and add that to the show. It's, yeah. it's again, it, there's so many treats in watching this show. Yeah. It's great. Well, especially last week with Josh and having him here being able to tell us <laughs> yeah. some of the, you know, inside uh, jokes that he had going on um, within the episode. But there's so much craft that goes into each each episode that comes out. Exactly. Uh, like you were saying, this episode specifically, if I had gotten this script as an actor or a director, I would have just been like, yes, <laughs> yeah, let's just, just dive oh, into this yeah. and create something that's going to be very memorable. This was the best episode of the show so far for me. I agree. Uh, I think so. So um, I did want to talk about, too, that we have this mystery about who was clamping down on the NZT users um, that was explained by uh, the uh, by Nas that all of a sudden people started disappearing and they don't know who. Someone was clamping down on people who use NZT and we don't know who. So I think we're going to see Brian in the future. Maybe he takes an NZT pill and tries to unravel uh, what organization is trying to keep these NZT users down. Is it the FBI? We know we have elements in the FBI that aren't altruistic in this show. And then we have the moral organization, too. Um, so what do you think about that? Who do you think is behind all this? Ooh, um, I I hope that there isn't someone that we've seen. I mean, I was pointing the finger at Nas the whole time. Yeah. 
Um, now it seems like, you know, she isn't that, you know, mysterious and, and she might be, you know, a more moral character than I was giving her credit for. Um, so I would love to see, you know, a, an equal mastermind that yeah. we haven't yet seen. Maybe yeah. he, you know, knows some of the same people that, that Mora does and, and he and Eddie Mora, like, is trying to figure out who that is. Yeah. Maybe there is, like, some type of criminal NZT kingpin. There could be. Uh, behind the scenes that is on an equal playing field as Eddie Mora and as his own henchman. Yeah. Um, so I would love to see like some a season wide like arc of a conspiracy of like a dark version of the NZT. Side. I think that'd be great. And I want to correct one thing I said. It wasn't Nas who told uh, who told Rebecca about this. It was Epperly who told Rebecca about this that he was treating everyone and that right. you know they all disappeared and someone was clamping down on people who use NZT. So it was Epperly who gave her that information, which she then passed on to Brian. So uh, don't kill me in the comments for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there is, you're right. There's another. There's a dark organization here. It would be great to see an antagonist to Mora, um, and to see. I'd love to see Mr. Sands go into uh, defense mode in trying to protect Brian. Right. I think that could be a potential uh, move for them because if Brian's passed one test already, he's shown himself as a valuable asset. So now it's going to be – I think the, the tone of their interactions will shift from one of threatening to one of protecting their asset and making sure that he is executing the goals that they've set out for him. Exactly. Plus, I mean, there's a big point about how – the antidote to NCT is not widely available. <laughs> right. Um, so I really want to go deeper into why that is. I mean, is it because the world isn't ready to be, to all be on NCT? Mm-hmm. Or is it because, you know, there is some other force, like we we're talking about this dark side, yeah. you know, that's preventing that from happening. Yeah. You know, obviously Eddie Moore has figured out the formula, mm-hmm. um, just like the rice. You know, what are the reasons for not letting that out? Well, he's like he's figured out the antidote too, right? With, no, with that's what shot. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, like he has clearly a limitless supply <laughs> of NZT and the antidote. So it seems. Yeah. You know why not let that loose? Is there yeah. some other barrier besides the fact that he doesn't think that the world is ready? That's preventing him from doing that. Yeah. Um, from you know just going to a pharmaceutical company and being like, boom. Like the like, here's how humanity saves itself. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I wonder how many of other like similar like in in scope mm-hmm. things have happened like like that and and haven't been revealed. Like, have we approached creating renewable energy? Yeah. You know, and well, just spe- you know, speaking of that specifically, and what you just mentioned, it would be another reference to um to the Watchmen. Because in The Watchmen, you have Ozymandias who's trying to team with Dr. Manhattan and create en- energy for the whole world, a right. limitless supply. But even that, which you would think would be good for everyone, is not – they meet resistance. They you have people trying to stop them and then ultimately Ozymandias is trying to take over the whole thing. So those sort of themes of power and um, – and justice and what's best for all are starting to play in here. And you're right. I mean, if there's a piece of rice that's tiny and can uh, you know, give the nutritional value of a daily meal to people every day, and it's tiny and you can manufacture it and solve world hunger, wouldn't you want to do it? Right. 
But like he says, there's people who you know you would fight against would, that. Would yeah, fight no, against I mean, it. I mean the the really good point that he makes is that it is politics, and you yeah. have to play that like that. It really resonated with me because you know there are times where I get so frustrated. Obviously, there's a lot of um, presidential stuff in, in the media today, right. but you know the government, for better or for worse, moves very slowly, mm-hmm. and that's you know again for good and bad. Right. We can't have radical change because that could definitely. Um, be used for bad right but at the same time it's very hard to progress Mm -hmm. when things you know should be changed Mm -hmm. um so is it just that political game that's holding him back i mean i hope that there is even if it is that it's villainized more specifically in a person that we can point fingers at so we want to see a villain out there (laughs) yeah exactly you creators are watching out there this is already shot right um the you know the season's pretty much already a shot, but I know you wanted to share some news and gossip yes, with everyone. Yes, there is some really good news and gossip. Yeah. TV news. Music. Um, great news. Yep. A Limitless has been doing so well, as we talked about, um, that they have picked it up for a full season order, um, which is great. It's been killing it in the ratings, yeah. has been really doing well in their key demos yeah. and um, beating out all the competition, which is awesome. Yeah, I was reading that news that they have they are the only show that has built on their audience each week, and now they're up to 10, 11, 12 million viewers each week that are watching the show. Exactly. So, uh, and with an episode like this that just came out, people are going to keep coming back and back and back. And so we're, you know, huzzah to all the people over there at Limitless and congratulations. We're yeah, going to be seriously. here for the next <laughs> yeah, 15 weeks um, watching each of the first season episodes. So no, it's, it's good. It's great to to hear that. Obviously, I'm sure the crew and Josh, who was yeah. here last week, are, yeah. are probably ecstatic. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he gets to direct another episode. Yeah, we'll have him back on. I hope he does, too. He, he had a great episode, too. This is not to... You know, shortchanged Josh's episode at all. I thought it was awesome, right? And we talked about it last week. Um, so he's got to come back and let's have him, uh, you know, do two or three more. Uh, we'll give him the uh, shout out and the thumbs up there. And so <laughs> hopefully it helps. <laughs> it won't help at all, but uh, I hope it helps for the creatives. To yeah, as do I. I mean, again, I love the show. I think it keeps getting better, culminating in this episode so far because yeah. it's it was definitely awesome to watch and, and talk about. Yeah. Um, any predictions from from you? Yeah. And now, yeah, you're after Buzz TV. Yes, so I'm going to predict that we are that Rebecca is going to be, or Brian is going to reveal to Rebecca at some point this season that he is. In league with Eddie Mora's organization. Whoa, bold. I think after watching this episode, their trust is growing between them. And Brian gave Rebecca information about uh, her dad. And I think he's he's confessing to her. And he's going to tell her that I do experience side effects and I'm working for Eddie Mora's organization. I think it'll go that far. Interesting. Yeah. Whoa, okay. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to go that far this season, <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm going to disagree with you there. Yeah. But I do think that he, Brian and Eddie Mora are going to be in cahoots. We're going to get some like master and apprentice relationship. We might not see Bradley Cooper directly. Obviously, he's a busy guy. Yeah. Um, but I would love... 
if there was some mechanic so that it showed them working together, him sort of following uh, and being where Eddie Moore can't be. Or, as we saw during the episode, he could text him, and you have a picture right, right next to it, so his character could still be involved. Exactly, sort of an invisible hand. Yeah, kind of a note, a letter. I'm sure the writers have many more creative ways that I could come up with here in list to get exactly. messages from him, but I agree with you. I want to see Brian become a pawn of, the, not, not a pawn, a partner. Yeah, as, a partner, an associate. As Edward yes. Morris said, a partner in the Mora organization and seeing what he has in store. That's what They've they've wet our appetites with in trying to find out what the plan is for Brian. So now I want to see it. So no, show I, us. seriously, <laughs> I am so uh, I I'm so excited to see more of that. Yeah, um, it's just it's so interesting. You know, when things are of that scale. Yeah, obviously a lot of the procedural stuff is huge too. You know, big CEOs of, of million dollar billion dollar corporations. Right. Right. But you know the what. Eddie Mora is dealing with as a senator and presidential <laughs> hopeful is literally global. Yeah. Like it is on that like the biggest possible scale that you can imagine, you know, teasing us with curing <laughs> world hunger. Right. Um, just like in his pocket. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, that's so cool. And, and I really want to see how the the road to making that happen for society and the world really goes down. Yeah. And like you were saying, though, one thing I did really like about this episode that I'll mention quickly before we wrap up here is that um, I like that the corporation wasn't behind the the problem with the NZT or like killing people. I think that's sort of an overplayed storyline. Right. The big evil organization and they're killing, you know, the, the corporation and they're killing all these people. I like that it wasn't that, that they had an association with a doctor, but it wasn't direct and they really didn't know anything until – People started disappearing, and then they let the doctor go. And and then we meet with Epperly, and he says, yeah, it was, it was nobody's fault but right. mine. Um, so I, I really like that episode. And it just goes what we've been talking about all hour, that this show does things in unique and creative ways and keeps us coming back. No, that's so true. I mean, I love how they hand, handle it in their own limitless way and, <laughs> and Brian Finch's way. Yes. Um, so I'm excited to see more. I can't wait to see it uh, next week. Me too. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. You can find me on social media at Let's Go Frank M. Definitely. And if you liked the show, definitely please rate and review it. Uh, comment on YouTube, iTunes, we're on SoundCloud. You guys yeah. can follow me at JB underscore Zimmerman on all of social media. And you guys can catch me on Thursdays for the How to Get Away with Murder after show. All right. Uh, we'll see That's you guys show. next time. Cool. See you next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later, Limitless. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 